DiscerningHearts.com presents Building a Kingdom of Love, Reflections, with Monsignor John Essif. Monsignor Essif is a priest in the Diocese of Scranton, Pennsylvania. He has served as a retreat director and confessor to St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta. He continues to offer direction and retreats for the Sisters of the Missionaries of Charity. Monsignor Essif encountered St. Padre Pio, who would become a spiritual father to him. He has lived in areas around the world, serving in the Pontifical Missions, a Catholic organization established by St. Pope John Paul II to bring the good news to the world, especially to the poor. He continues to serve as a retreat leader and director to bishops, priests, sisters, seminarians, and other religious leaders. Building a Kingdom of Love. Reflections with Monsignor John Essif. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Our Lady of Guadalupe, she's such a gift to the whole church. 1531 is when she appeared to Juan Diego. And the church in celebrating her, this magnificent mother of ours, coming to the New World. Europe was in such terrible straits. The church was really in need of reform. It was falling apart. Millions were hemorrhaging from the church because of its need for renewal. The church was trying to come together with its bishops and the Council of Trent, the different saints that are really came forth at that time to renew the church. She needed a vast renewal. Our Lady, in, in an exquisite way, jumps the ocean and comes to America. In 1531, remember, uh, Columbus made this voyage in 1492. America just, Mary just simply comes here. And she comes to this Native American by the name of Juan Diego. And the church uses this as a sign from the book of Revelations. A reading from the Revelation to John. God's temple in heaven was opened, and the ark of his covenant could be seen in the temple. A great sign appeared in the sky, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. She was with child and wailed aloud in pain as she labored to give birth. Then another sign appeared in the sky. It was a huge red dragon with seven heads and ten horns, and on its heads were seven diadems. Its tail swept away a third of the stars in the sky and hurled them down to the earth. Then the dragon stood before the woman about to give birth, to devour her child when she gave birth. She gave birth to a son, a male child, destined to rule all the nations with an iron rod. Her child was caught up to God and his throne. The woman herself fled into the desert where she had a place prepared by God. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now has salvation and power come, and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his anointed. 
the word of the Lord. And so on this feast of Our Lady, we are going to use that very simple text that comes from the Gospel of Luke, because this woman clothed in the sun is Mary. The simplicity and the power of Our Lady that appears in Tepeyac in Mexico City, this is the, the woman, is Mary, who is in the Gospel of Luke. The angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming to her, he said, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at what was said and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of David his father, and he will rule over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. But Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I have no relations with a man? And the angel said to her in reply, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month for her who is called barren, for nothing will be impossible for God. Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her the Gospel of the Lord. This magnificent feast day which we have today, Our Lady of Guadalupe, is taking place in the 16th century. From generation to generation, she will be called blessed. As 8 million people leave the church in Europe, Eight million people are coming in in Mexico. When she appears to Juan Diego, she asks to have a little church built there, and she, I just want to be there. The message is so powerful. I think of all the messages of Our Lady, this one that she has is so simple and so powerful. At daybreak, one Saturday morning in 1531, on the very first days of the month of December, an Indian named Juan Diego was going from the village where he lived to Tlaxiloco in order to take part in divine worship and listen to God's commandments. When he came near the hill called Tepeyac, dawn had already come, and Juan Diego heard someone calling him from the very top of the hill, Juanito, Juan Dieguito. He went up the hill and caught sight of a lady of unearthly grandeur whose clothes was as radiant as the sun. She said to him in words both gentle and courteous, Juanito, the humblest of my children, know and understand 
that I am the ever-Virgin Mary, Mother of the true God, through whom all things live. It is my ardent desire that a church be erected here, so that in it I can show and bestow my love, compassion, help, and protection to all who inhabit this land and to those others who love me, that they might call upon me and confide in me. Go to the Bishop of Mexico to make known to him what I greatly desire. Go and put all your efforts into this. When Juan Diego arrived in the presence of the bishop, Fra Juan de Zamaraga, a Franciscan, the latter did not seem to believe Juan Diego and answered, Come another time, and I will listen at leisure. Juan Diego returned to the hilltop where the heavenly lady was waiting, and he said to her, My lady, my maiden, I presented your message to the bishop, but it seemed that he did not think it was the truth. For this reason, I beg you to entrust your message to someone more illustrious who might convey it in order that they may believe it, for I am only an insignificant man. She answered him, Humblest of my sons, I ask that tomorrow you again go to see the bishop and tell him that I, the ever-Virgin Holy Mary, Mother of God, and the one who personally sent you. But on the following day, Sunday, the bishop again did not believe Juan Diego and told him that some sign was necessary so that he could believe that it was the heavenly lady herself who sent him, and then he dismissed Juan Diego. On Monday, Juan Diego did not return. His uncle, Juan Bernardino, became very ill and asked Juan to go to Tlatiloco at daybreak to call a priest to hear his confession. Juan Diego set out on Tuesday, but he went around the hill and passed on the other side, toward the east, so as to arrive quickly in Mexico City and to avoid being detained by the Heavenly Lady. But she came out to meet him on the side of the hill and said to him, Listen and understand, my humblest son. There is nothing to frighten and distress you. Do not let your heart be troubled, and let nothing upset you. Is it not I, your mother, who is here? Are you not under my protection? Are you not, fortunately, in my care? Do not let your uncle's illness distress you. It is certain that he has already been cured. Go up to the hill, my son, where you will find flowers of various kinds. Cut them and bring them into my presence. When Juan Diego reached the peak, he was astonished that so many Castilian roses had burst forth at a time when the frost was severe. He carried the roses in the folds of his tilma to the heavenly lady. She said to him, My son, this is the proof and the sign which you will bring to the bishop so that he will see my will in it. You are my ambassador, very worthy of trust. Juan Diego set out on his way, now content and sure of succeeding. On arriving in the bishop's presence, he told him, My lord, 
I did what you asked. The heavenly lady complied with your request and fulfilled it. She sent me to the hilltop to cut some Castilian roses and told me to bring them to you in person. And this I am doing, so that you can see in them the sign you seek in order to carry out her will. Here they are. Receive them. He immediately opened up his white mantle, and as all the different Castilian roses scattered to the ground, there was drawn on the cloak and suddenly appeared the precious image of the ever-Virgin Mary, Mother of God, in the same manner as it is today and is kept in her shrine of Tipiac. The whole city was stirred and came to see and admire her venerable image and to offer prayers to her. And following the command which the same heavenly lady gave to Juan Bernardino when she restored him to health, they called her by the name that she herself had used, the ever-Virgin Holy Mary of Guadalupe. That image still hangs until today. Her tender love, do you not know that I am your mother? This revelation, this is the feast day that we celebrate today. In 1492, Columbus came to Santo Domingo, and it was said, well, America was discovered. The Native Americans were here before. It was the colonizers came then. The Spanish came and the different ones have come. The English came and the French came. They, they all were coming to North America, to South America. The Portuguese came. So as a result, these had become colonized. And when Our Lady appears, there's a whole history of South America. There's a whole history of Mexico. I don't know too much about that. What I'd like to do is have you think about something that John Paul II in 1992 wrote, and it was, and he, it was published. It was called Ecclesia in America, not Americas, but the Church in America. The epicenter of Guadalupe, if you go north to the top of Canada, and if you go south to Argentina, our Americas, and he takes, he gives us an absolute new paradigm. He says, since she is the very center, and that's why she's known as the, the new evangelization, Our Lady of Guadalupe. He invites the bishops of North America. He invites the priests of North America and the Catholics to look south. And he invites those south of Guadalupe to look north. And where do they meet? Right at Guadalupe. Since we are one church, I ask you to kind of look into your own heart. Aren't we much more oriented? to the church in Europe. We want to go to the shrines in Europe, to Lourdes, to Fatima. And if you're Irish, you want to go to Knock. 
But to think of this shrine as ours, the epicenter, it has today's feast as we prepare for Christmas this year, for at least for those in America, and the invitation of the great John Paul II to look to the South, I can notice the tremendous disorientation, I would say, for many Catholics in the United States, looking to these as our brothers and sisters, our closest in the faith. So, yes, we want to assure in America not to become myopic, but to realize that there is so much more right now. And I think what this feast day wakes us up to in prayer that is needed for the United States are looking more to the needs, the cares, and the concerns of our brothers and sisters in the South. Did you know that you can obtain a free app which contains all your favorite Discerning Hearts programs? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Archbishop George Lucas, Father Mauritius Fildi, and so many more, including episodes from Inside the Pages, can be obtained on the Discerning Hearts free app. This also includes all the novenas and devotionals and prayers, including the Holy Rosary and Stations of the Cross, the Chaplet of St. Michael, and the Seven Sorrows of Our Lady, all available on the Discerning Hearts free app. Visit the iTunes and Google Play app stores to obtain your free Discerning Hearts app today. Litany of Humility O Jesus, meek and humble of heart, hear me. From the desire of being esteemed, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being loved, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being extolled, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being honored, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being praised, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being preferred to others, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being consulted, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being approved, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being humiliated, Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being despised. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of suffering rebukes. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being calumniated. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being forgotten. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being ridiculed. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being wronged. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being suspected. Deliver me, Jesus. That others may be loved more than I. That others may be esteemed more than I. That in the opinion of the world, others may increase and I may decrease. That others may be chosen and I set aside. That others may be praised and I unnoticed. That others may be preferred to me in everything that others may become holier than I, provided that I become as holy as I should. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. Amen.
Hello, my name is Deacon Omar Gutierrez, and I want to ask you to support Discerning Hearts in a special way. We, Chris McGregor, the board, and I all know that not everyone listening can help financially. We know we have listeners from all parts of the world, and we have made a commitment since the beginning to make the truths shared through Discerning Hearts totally free. So while you may not be able to contribute financially, what you can do is certainly pray, but also give us positive reviews on whatever platform you use to listen to us. If it's iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, however it is that you get these podcasts, or if you're on YouTube and you like our videos, please give us a good rating and write a review. The more good ratings and reviews we get, the higher our profile, and the more listeners will discover us, listeners who may have the means to contribute in the future. Please consider rating us and writing a positive review today. I was very much interested and I have always been, in Latin America. And I remember going to Latin America to go into Peru, and as soon as I heard Pope John Twenty-Third encyclical on Latin America, I signed up to go to Peru. And a bishop in Boston, because he was very acquainted with the propagation of the faith, started a society, Cardinal Cushing Society, the St. James Society. And I joined that group and spent five years in South America. And he sent missionaries and priests to Ecuador, to Peru, and to Bolivia. They were some of the poorest countries in Latin America. I didn't know that. And when I got there, I, I didn't realize. I don't know how you see yourself, but I would say, yo soy americano. They say, oh, no, padrecito, nosotros somos americanos. When we say we're American... Well, they, we're American too, Latin Americans or Americanos del Sur. We're, you're North American and we're South American, but we're American. I didn't realize how offensive that was to them. During today, the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe, your own attitude. What is my attitude toward South America and Latin America? Our Pope, almost 25 years ago now, has invited us to look to the South. What's my orientation as a bishop, as a priest? Do I even begin to want to know and study the situations and the problems that I, I can become more aware of the struggles and the difficulties? Are we so concerned only about the local church as a bishop, as a priest? You see, as Catholic we're global. Monsignor? Yes? In her uh, coming to Juan Diego, the little Juanito, she looked at him and said, did you not know that I am your mother? Many have not heard that from Our Lady. They, or at least they, and when I, doesn't mean that she's not saying it. It's just that maybe they haven't heard that. What would you say to them? I wanted you to hear her words. And, you know, sometimes in her messages, they get so complicated. And, but those are so simple. Don't you know I'm your mother? Don't you know that I'll take care of your uncle? She's smoking. She's and then she calls him by his sweet name, Juanito, little Juan, and Dieguito, uh, sweet it's like that's the, it's the sentiments of a loving, loving mother. 
you could see her just putting her face right down into his his face. And yeah, I think there are those who are making this retreat with us and on our way. She loves you as a mother loves a child. And if you never had a mother's love, this love, why does she go to this little one? And then he comes back and he, he gets thrown out like a bag of bones by the bishop. I mean, I, I, I could understand why, Mom, don't, don't send me anymore. Get somebody that's important. You are my ambassador. I think, especially if you don't think you're important, you are so important in her eyes. You are her sweetest. And she's saying things to you. If you will listen to Mary, that's why I wanted you to hear her voice. Her concern at this particular time on your road to Christmas. Mary is so in love with you. It's such a a beautiful way of uniting us, isn't it? I mean, when we realize that we have this shared mother, here is this this woman we all love, especially in America. In America, I was going to say Americas, but in America, she is uniting us all under her mantle, isn't she? She's. That's what I when I when she came to this lowly, uh, lowly person, Juan Diego, and and communicates with him about her love and has him be the one to be the messenger. I, I believe what she's saying to everyone who's on this journey to Christmas, that you are her special child. You're her special daughter. I need you. I want, I want you to do this for me. And there is, there's something going on in me and in all of us as we travel this particular journey, especially on this feast, on this feast of, of uh, Our Lady uh, uh, of Guadalupe, that there's something so sweet and special about each one of you, that you are my child. And... <clears throat> That she she becomes you, 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 when she does when she takes this selfie of herself, <laughs> you know how when she takes that picture of what is she she wants him to look at someone who is his mother, and when if she would do that with you if you could just think of yourself as having your own Guadalupe image when I go there that's what I see I see my own mother's face there and. Your mother, she is your mother. I am your mother. And I, the other day, it was just this little thing that my mother was always so unhappy that she couldn't cook for me. And she always said, I'm going to pray every day that you get the most beautiful food and are cared for. So I went into this restaurant and I ordered kibbinaya, which is a, a, a Lebanese dish. And this lady was there and she had made it. And I told her that story and she just teared up and just was looking at me. 
with a mother's love, as she gave me, Gibbonaya. She had cooked it for me, and I said, my mother prayed for me every day that I would have someone that could, and it was a restaurant, and it was just, she was so sweet. Every day, everything you want, what is it, Juanito? Because that's my name too in Spanish. What is it you want? I'll, I, I'm your mother. And Monsignor, too, I, I think it's important, don't you, that we touch upon the point that little Juanito was in his late 50s. Yes. And again, in that relationship with Mary, that, you know, the fact that in this great, as you said, this great selfie that she gave us this moment, this encounter when she came. You know, often she's come to little children, and yet in this this big entrance into salvation history, into our story, she comes to some an elder of the community. Yes. Truly. Yes. So it, it, isn't that remarkable? And what does that say to us who are the elders that are near that age of little Juanito? We all need a mother. We all need a mother. That's what we're saying. All of us, there's, there's something in us this Christmas that is really the infant Jesus. And, and no matter who you are, if you're the Bishop of Omaha or Scranton, you need a mother. If you're, if you're a priest and you're an elderly priest, you need a mother. And so each one of us on Diego is kind of in, there for us today. And he just spends the rest of his life. He built, all he did was had a little hut near the shrine and he took care of that shrine that was built by the first bishop. Juan was his name too, Juan Zumaraga. So it's, uh, it's, it's really a great feast day, and uh, I, I wish you all a very happy feast. God bless. You've been listening to Building a Kingdom of Love, Reflections with Monsignor John Essif. To hear and or to download this episode, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax deductible to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about discerninghearts.com and join us next time for Building a Kingdom of Love, Reflections with Monsignor John Essif.